Today's sermon is entitled, The Fall and Rise. The Fall and Rise. How to keep going when something goes horribly wrong. How to keep going when something goes horribly wrong. Look at the little sweetheart fell off her tricycle. She's going to learn about the fall, but she's going to get up. The issue today is how to keep going when things don't work out. How do we keep our mobility when things don't pan out the way we anticipated them. Why does that even matter? Well, last week we talked about how emotions can move you to action. Today we want to talk about how adversities can actually help you get going again. That's right. I said adversities can actually mobilize you and get you going again. Why? Because action is about movement. I'll say that again. Action is about moving. And action is kinetic energy. It is not potential energy. Potential energy is stored energy. In other words, it is dormant, it is placed, it is waiting to be used. But action is not stored. Action is active energy, movement. You don't want to live life with potential only. I like the movie with Richard Gere, uh, many years ago, Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts and you know, the girl says to her, hey, Kit DeLuca, you got potential. You got potential. And it's nice. It's nice to hear when you're young that you have potential. But every person worth their grain of salt wants to turn that potential into activity that demonstrates the potential that someone said they had. Are you tracking? Potential is stored energy, but at some point we must release it as kinetic energy. We must turn our potential energy into action that becomes kinetic energy. So today, this scripture will teach us how to move on from failure. What it will teach us is how to harness the potential energy, watch this, that is stored up after a period of disappointment. Listen, once that potential energy has reached its capacity, it is our job to release it into the world with a big boom. So in other words, when failure occurs, we have this opportunity to store up new energy, to turn into kinetic energy and to bring our failures into action. And please do not be naive and think that you won't have moments of failure or falling. You will be just like that little girl on that tricycle. You're going to fall in your marriage, you're going to fall in your job, you're going to fall in your friendships, your relationships, your parenting, your financial stewardship. There's so many areas in which you will fall short. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have fallen and come short of the glory of God. Now, listen to me. I think those fallings are a part of life and they are used as ways in which we store up new energy. Listen to this. 
And maybe the idea of your falling, the longer you're down, depicts the larger the job for which you will need massive amounts of energy. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you fall, it is an opportunity for God to replenish you with energy for a new job. Listen, if you continue to run at the cycle you're running, you are getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And because we are not conscious enough or our pursuit of excellence and success drives us so much, we fail to pause and rest. So what God will do is create a fall so that we can be down long enough to be replenished with energy. The length of time that you are down determines the size of the job for which you will need energy to execute once you rise again. Talking about the fall and the rise. Notice, we always talk about the rise and the fall. But we need to flip it and say, let's talk about the fall and the rise. It's like this. It's like the further you pull the bow back, farther the bow will shoot. And so when God clips our wings, when he sits us down, when he pauses our activity, don't see it as a failure. For the key point to remember today is that a bad experience is not our end. It is a moment to regroup. The racing car that drives around the track and the formula and on the, on, the, on the track, they come in for a pit stop and they have to refuel. The context of today's text is set in the comparison of the wicked or the evil person and the righteous or the good person. So when we read this text, we want to read it in the context of knowing the difference between how evil people act, A-C-T, and how good people act, because we're spending this year talking about how we act, our actions in 2022. The text will demonstrate how evil people, listen to this, let, let me share this, listen, this text is going to demonstrate how evil people study destruction like a science or an art, that wicked people actually spend time plotting, scheming, studying the demise of others like it is a full-time job. The Bible teaches that. Read it when after we, after we get done teaching it. The Bible teaches that just like you study to be a surgeon, a doctor, to study someone, Wicked people study how to tear stuff up. They plot and scheme and they seek ways to be destructive. They study ways to hurt people, but the plot twist isn't as they expected. While on the other hand, the text will demonstrate that the person who does good will meet up with some very evil people who have plotted to destroy them. And by every appearance, the good people should be done and wiped out. But the plot twist, again, it is the good person who is promised an unanticipated survival. That the wicked people think that they will knock you down and you will not get up. The plot twist is that those who fall in God shall rise again. Ah, and this word, I feel him on that one. Huh? And this word is sent to encourage us to keep moving and planning our actions of life even when we fall. Because whatever has knocked us down, we will recover from it. So when you're down, keep 
planning. Understand that there is a moment where your energy is being replenished and you will be called again into active duty. So let's take a look at this powerful scripture and I want you to turn to Proverbs 24 verses 15 through 16. Proverbs 24 verses 15 through 16. Now today, I'm going to read the scripture, but I want you to use the app. Find it in the Bible. Use the app. Look up the scripture. Take the time. Get it there or get your Bible. Get whatever you need because I'm going to need you to refer to it as I continue along. Let's look at the scripture. Scripture says, now watch this, given the history and the context of what I just gave you. The text says, Lay not in wait, lay not wait. This is the Young Literals translation, so it's not as smooth, but I wanted you to see the literal aspect of what it's saying. It's saying to the wicked person, lay not wait, O wicked one, at the habitation of the righteous. Do not spoil his resting place. In other words, don't lay in wait sitting around at the house of those who are righteous that there are people who swarm, there are wicked people who swarm around the righteous people's house. And so the text is saying, do not spoil, do not bring bad to his house, his resting place, the place where he spends time with family, where he is to rest or she is to rest. But verse 16 says this in response to the wicked hanging around the house, plotting. Verse 16 says, for seven times does the righteous, say it with me, fall and rise. And the wicked who hanging around the house stumble in evil. So the plot twist again is that the wicked think they're going to get the betterment of the righteous They think that it's the righteous who fell in wickedness, who they stumbled. But it's the wicked who will fall and stumble. The righteous will rise again. And I want you to see that the text actually is talking about not just a fall as in uh, you made a mistake or... um, You accidentally tripped. The the, the text seems to suggest that this is a fall because of iniquity. That this is a fall due to sin. That righteous people, just people, fall in iniquity. And I want you to see the text is saying that the wicked are waiting to applaud or to revel in a churchgoer, a Christian's fall to sin. (laughs) And so what I'm trying to get you to see is that the wicked one thinks that it is justifiable for the righteous person to stay down, to fall and stay down because they committed a sin. The idea is that the wicked is saying, you messed up and you should be down Your God should punish you. And God says, hold on, even though I have every right to punish them for disobeying me, he says, the righteous fall, but they get up. Are you tracking? This is the impetus behind the song of uh, we fall down, but we get up. Donnie McClurkin, thank you. So let's analyze As the title says, the fall and the rise. Let's pick this apart. But I also want to introduce to you the fall and the rise. But I want to introduce to you the section in the middle that is often overlooked. People often talk about the sin when they fail. And people often come back on TV after they've risen again. But where are people when they're down? Where are the the videos, the Instagram posts, and the stuff when they're in depression? You don't see it, do you? You don't see it. 
the middle of this fall and rise is the area in which I want to take you today because most of us don't know how to handle the middle. We don't know how to handle after the fall. We recluse, we go in, we turn, we go in the house. Oh, I'm depressed. No, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. When actually this middle section is the strongest part of your situation. So I want to teach you in some sort of uh, systematic way of what happens with the fall after the fall and the rise because the middle is where people get stuck and notice it's where good people get stuck the bible says the just person falls this is where good people get stuck smart people intelligent people godly people have a fall and they stop. So please use your Bible to follow along in the app. Just click on that tab. You can see different tabs. You can go to the passage, Proverbs 24, 15 through 16. I'm going to refer to the text. But I'm not going to show it on the screen. So I need for you to be able to look at it. All right. Let's start with the fall. Here's the fall. Let's talk about this period where you have this misfortune or something horrible or drastic goes wrong in your life. The text says in verse 15, lay not in wait, O wicked one, hanging around, scheming, studying you. So watch this. I mentioned that in the beginning that if this person is parked at your house <laughs> come on do you know the identification of a stalker <laughs> a stalker a stalker okay a stalker who is hanging around places where you hang a stalker is looking for you to mess up they're looking for oh, I saw I saw someone so with someone so I saw I saw someone so I saw so I'm trying to get you to see, and all of you, everybody on here, no, everybody on here has had some situation where you know someone was dogging your steps, meaning they are following you into different places. The wicked is scheming. This is where the fall is, which I'm trying to get you to understand the fall. The fall is centered around an element of wicked people watching and waiting. Now watch this, watch this. It is not necessarily the fault of the wicked one for why you fail. Understand that the fall is because of something you chose or you did or you gave in to temptation. I want you to see that the wicked don't necessarily, some of them don't necessarily cause the fall. They're just waiting. They're just waiting to rub it in your face. Are you tracking? The second aspect that says that they lie in wait, meaning they are waiting. In other words, they got time for you. They got time for you to mess up. In other words, they in their minds understand the inevitability of your demise. They think they think that at some point, oh, he can't hold it. He can't keep this up. He can't keep, she can't keep this up. Oh, everything's going good. Oh, they look so happy in their marriage. But watch, somebody gonna mess up. He can't, as fine as she is, she gonna mess up. Fine as he is, he gonna do something. You can't tell me, you can't tell me he ain't, you know, hollering at people. Listen, people are waiting for you to mess up. People, you when Joy and I get got married, we get married. We get married every week. We got married. We getting married. We get married every day. When Joy and I got married, I can't tell you the countless people, the things I heard about, well, such and such and such and such, and are they still married? People want you to fail. And here's how close they get. Watch this. Who are these people? The Bible says they lie in wait, oh, wicked don't lie in wait around the house, around the domicile. So if people can get that close to you, you probably know them. Mm. 
people who want your demise are usually friends, ex-friends, ex-partners, ex-job, co-workers, or current friends, co-workers, family members. Sometimes spouses want your demise. In other words, they can't get that close to you unless they have some sort of relationship. So the Bible is, God dog it, I feel a little suki suki. Listen, so the Bible is saying that in proximity to you, there are those who want you to mess up. And they are usually people you know. They are people whom you have befriended. But here the text says, notice, we're talking about the fall. The text says, I got news for you, wicked people. The reality is just men do fall. You do fall. People do make mistakes. Pastor Cherry has sinned. Pastor Cherry has not been perfect as a pastor. Pastor Cherry has not been perfect as a husband. I have not been perfect as a father. I have not been perfect on my job. I've made mistakes. I've made huge errors. I have not been perfect in friendships. I've said things the wrong way. And I have not been perfect in turning down the enemy's temptations, his approaches to me. Whatever it is, lying, stealing, cheating, whatever it is, I have not been perfect. Why? And because just people fall. You will fall as a just person. What I'm trying to get you to see is that good people mess up. Good people mess up, which means there is a category that could give wicked people reason to camp out around your house because your fall is going to happen. Here's the other aspect. The text says in verse 15, I hope you're looking at it. Verse 15 or 16 says that the just men fall, but they fall seven times. In other words, it's multiple times. Now watch this little Ben. Here's where it gets interesting. Because, listen, you fall multiple times, I think, because it gives you more energy or strength. Ah, watch this now. So when you fall, when you have these uh, adversities, God uses them to retrain you. Remember Six Million Dollar Man and uh, the Bionic Woman? We can rebuild them. We'll make them bigger and stronger. Our adversities cause us to fall and it is an opportunity for God to rebuild us with greater strength. Watch this now. Remember I told you that our goal is to be people of action. But you mustn't let the fall control your movement. You have to be able to turn that potential energy into kinetic energy. The problem is most people think when you fall in, you are out of energy. Oh, I'm teaching now. Lisa, listen to this. When you have fallen, it is not that you don't have strength. In fact, that is the time where God is taking the gas pump and putting it in you. The text says seven times you will fall. That is the number of completion. So it is not literally God gives you seven chances to mess up and then you're through. It means seven represents the number for however many times you fall. So seven times is the number of completion, meaning it covers all your falls. So for every time you fall, God says you will rise. Oh man, do you get this? Every time you, watch this, let me paint this picture. Every time you fall, 
Don't forget about the people who are lurking around, waiting to rub it in your face. Every time you fall, God says you're going to rise. Now watch this. Who is the rising for? Who is the rising for? The rising is... (laughs) It is for the demise of the wicked who are plotting against you. So God says, listen, listen, because of your justness, you're going to get up and your getting up is going to shame the people who want to see you fail. So the rising is not just for you to complete my will and to do what I've called you to do, but it's also to make a statement To those who have lurked around your house, dummy, he got up again. You keep waiting year after year. You keep waiting for them to fail. You keep waiting for them to not be able to get up. And God is saying, every time you fall, I have a resurrection for you. But here's the thing, Joy. The thing is, where do you get the energy to get up? Where do I get this bounce back spirit? Where do I get this uh, passion to go on? Because I want to talk to people for a minute. I'm not talking about, oh, you lost a nail or, you know, you just had a bad hair. I'm talking about catastrophic events where you have messed up and it has broken you. It has hurt other people. It has brought shame to your name and your family. Heck, you got kicked out of your church. I'm talking to people who who have had something so bad happen to you. It's hard to get up out of bed. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm talking to people who have had abortions and you can't get over the guilt and the pain from it. I'm talking to people who have cheated and got caught. I'm talking to people who have been fired from their job and it was your fault. I'm talking to people who keep drinking and they can't get the victory over it, but you keep praying, asking God to forgive you. And you don't want to go in public because you know you have this problem, but God keeps giving you opportunity after opportunity. I'm talking to people who are down and it's hard to get up. Come on, help me, God. So what happens after the fall? What happens after you fall? This is what I want to share with you. So look at this. What happens after the fall? After the fall. After the fall is the bridge to the rise. It's the middle. It's the middle zone. It's the halfway mark. It's the 50-yard line. It's the center between what happened wrong and the goalpost of what will happen right. After the fall is not talked about. And we have to read between the lines to understand what God wants us to learn from this text. God gives us all a period of regrouping. Somebody say regrouping. The inference, listen to this. The inference is that the wicked lie in wait. Watch this now. Listen to this. God. The inference is that the wicked lie in wait because of their knowledge of the just person's fall. (laughs) In other words, they're lying in wait with intel. (laughs) These are people who know you. They know what you did. They've got the dirt on you. Ah, whoo! Thank you, God. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. No matter what the enemy has in terms of discovery, in terms of intel, in terms of even being there, a letter, a text, a voicemail. They saw it for them. God, thank you. They are lying in wait because they have knowledge that you have fallen. Ah, God, help me here. They wait to hear of something really bad happening. The wicked have great ears. The wicked are staying with their ears to the streets trying to hear when you fall. Ah, God, help me. 
Ah, help me. Woo! Help me. Uh, they wait to hear of something bad happening to you. And they seek the opportunity to pounce and rob your house. Notice, he says, they lie in wait. He says, don't do any ill regard to their abode or their resting place. Don't you, listen to this. Don't you know that people rob empty houses so as to avoid the strong man there. Anybody come to your house, you come to my house and you know I'm home, I'm going to meet you with something. You got what I'm saying? You don't want to rob a house when you're there because that means someone is home. In other words, there may be a strength there. There may be fortification. God, so the wicked, they wait to hear that you've fallen, which means you're not home, which means you're weak, which means you're vulnerable, which means you've lost your energy. Are you tracking where this is coming from? The text is suggesting that the goal of the wicked is to prey on the weak, that they lurk around waiting for you to mess up because they can't handle you when you're strong. Hallelujah. The wicked are waiting for you to fail because they don't know how to handle you your anointing. And I'm trying to teach you today that the wicked will think it will be a quick plunder. Ooh, they think, oh, if I can catch them while they're weak, if I can catch them when they're not home, then I can just go in, get what I need to get and leave. Ah, like Ukraine, that Russia underestimated its counterpart and the war has lingered longer than it anticipated. And so when the enemy is thinking that he's got you while you're down, I came to talk about what happens in the middle. Never walk up on a child of God who's down because they're getting replenished by the power of God. In the middle is where God meets you and he transfers weakness for strength. So now we have our first inference in the text as to discussing the element of strength or weakness. And most people see the middle as my time of weakness. And for years I cried and I curled up in the fetal position, shy and shelled up thinking I'm surely done. God don't want nothing to do with me. But it's in the middle that God, it's after the fall that that potential energy starts getting stored up. While I'm putting gas in my tank, I'm not using it. The car is off and it's in the middle. But when I turn on the gas, when I get in the car, that potential gas turns into active gas and it begins to burn. Strength or weakness impacts action. Strength or weakness impacts action. So why does strength or weakness matter? Because when you're weak, it is understood you don't act. But it is understood that when you're strong, that's when you act. So most people see the fall and after the fall as points of weakness. So I want to carve out the middle. Let's do a scriptural C-section and pull out the middle and understand that there is yet life even after you've fallen because this sermon is called the fall and the rise. After a person falls or is hurt or something devastating happens, they are weakened. But what the wicked don't anticipate is that as soon as the just are wounded, as soon as God sees you go down, their actions may cease temporarily. They may have to leave the job. I remember when I had to leave seminary because I was in the middle of a situation. I had to leave seminary. I had to step away. But at the moment I stepped away, don't underestimate God's presence in my life. It's because their energy is being replenished. 
I am stepping away because I need to be replenished. Please don't feel shame that you walk away from something to get counseling. Don't feel shame that you walk away from something to get medicine or to get help or to rebuild your strength, to lay down for a while. That's when you're replenishing. You are taking potential energy and you're turning it into kinetic energy. They move from this kinetic, from kinetic actions of energy to potential actions of energy. So what I'm saying to you is that when you fall, don't see your fall after the fall as a mute and a moot and mundane issue. It is a valid and active exchange with heaven. God literally begins at the point that you fall to store up potential energy. At the time that I sin, God starts pumping me within, okay, you're going to need to get up from this. I got to put something in you. God is in essence making sure that every born again believer can move on from their past dilemma and discouraging and debilitating tragedies. God is saying, no one will be hit and the hit will be so severe that you cannot recover from it. I'm saying no one who is a child of God will be hit with something and God says, I won't bring you out of it. The Bible says he will not put anything on you that you aren't able to bear. So you may be asking, okay, okay, PC, how can we know, Pastor Cherry? I'm glad you asked that. Let me give you some supporting scriptures. And I'm going to give some of them, but Shana's going to post the list for you. And I want you to read this list during the week. I want you to go over these passages. Here's passages that help us understand that when we're down, we get pumped with potential energy. Oh, this is good. The first scripture is this. Look at James 1. And verse 12, he says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. There it is, temptation, trial, you fail. For when he is tried, look at it in yellow, he shall receive. When he is tried, he shall receive. So whenever you fall, you're going to get something. The crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. The conference, the the, the conversation is when you mess up, God will give you something. You're going to get back up from it. That's James 1.12. Got to keep it moving. Verses uh, 1 Peter 5.10 says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, here it is, watch this, in yellow, after that ye have suffered a while, he will make you perfect, establish, see it in yellow? Strengthen. Come on, somebody say strengthen. Strengthen and do what? Settle you. So notice, after you have suffered a while, in other words, suffering is you down, you fail, you messed up, you're in depression, you're at home, you sleep, you don't want to get up. God says, after a while, remember I said it's going to take a little time for you to get better. It's okay to take off from the choir. It's okay to take off from being a deacon. It's okay to ask the kids, I need a break for a week. You got to get yourself better because God is going to strengthen you. Got to move on. Can't preach each one. Verse Romans 5, 3 and 4 says, and not only so, but we glory in our tribulations. Why? Knowing that what? Tribulation works what? Patience. In other words, I'm getting something for my trouble. Tribulation works patience. Then patience works experience. And experience works hope. I'm getting something from my trouble. Every time I fall, God says, I got you. God says, I'm going to replenish you. And I'm going to lift you up from this. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is what? Made perfect where? When you're in the house, when you're in weakness, when you've fallen, when you've messed up. My strength is perfected. Don't you dare back down from the enemy who stalks your house and comes into your home while you're depressed in the bed. You look at the devil and say, I'm being strengthened. And you can't touch me because I will get up from this. No matter how bad I feel, I'm 
I'm going to get up from this. Most gladly, he says, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So look at that verse 10 says, therefore I take pleasure (laughs) in infirmities, in reproaches. I see you hanging outside my house. I take pleasure in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Why? For when I am weak, that's when I am strong. Got to move to the next one. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 17 says, for which cause we faint not. (laughs) Why? But though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed (laughs) day by day. I got, don't let me get till tomorrow because I'm going to get more gas. I'm going to get more energy because potential energy is being placed inside my body. Look at verse number 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is only going to be a little while, y'all. It works for us, what? A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, we talk about the weight and the heaviness of our lives. When I'm down, the affliction is light, but God makes me heavy. In other words, the problem is lighter than my God. The problem is lighter than the weight I stand to receive by being down. I got to move on. Keep preaching. Number 50, uh, Psalm 145, 14 says, the Lord up holds all that fall and raises up all those that be bowed down. Somebody better take a picture of that one. He's going to uphold you. In other words, you're in his hands. If you fall, he'll keep you. And he's keeping you so he can raise you. Well, what happens between the fall and the raising? I'm in his hands and he's replenishing me. Come on on somebody. This passage is perfect for the transition to my final point about the rise. Let's talk about the rise. The rise is coming. Look at the rise, y'all. After my fall, after I stay in the house, after I get through my ordeal or my dilemma. Oh, like Diana Ross. I'm coming out. I'm coming up the rise now watch this in the hebrew the word for rise is kum the word for in hebrew is kum and it means to arise it means to become watch this watch this it means to become powerful. In other words, the rise, he says, just men fall seven times, but after they fall, they will rise. In other words, to rise means they will become powerful. Where did they get the energy from? You don't get the energy when you rise. You get the energy when you're depressed. You get the energy when you're in the hospital. You get the energy when you're stuck. You get the energy when you're crying and feeling guilty and shameful. You get the energy. God, dog it, God is putting something in me at the crux of my messing up, at the abyss of my life. God is depositing me. Why? Because you need strength to get up. You can't rise without the strength. You need the strength before you rise. So the rise is to become powerful. It is to awaken. It is to come on the scene. The text says it means to come on the scene. It means I'm alert now. In other words, I'm responding hostily to you attacker I'm standing up to you in other words you didn't think I was home (laughs) you're lurking outside my door but when I got up I came to the door you didn't know I was home (laughs) I'm awake idiot (laughs) you're standing out there waiting for me to die and get my house and get my money I'm alive I ain't dying hello (laughs) in other words the enemy does not know how to 
react to my bounce back. The text means I'm standing up. It means I'm becoming established. In other words, I'm more settled than I was before the fall. So each fall makes me sturdier. Each fall makes me more stable. Each fall gives me a reason to be fixed. Oh God. Sometimes when I listen to music, it fixes me. When I read scripture, it fixes me. In other words, the more work I do on me, the more fixed I become. So don't let me keep falling because I keep finding out what's wrong. And the more I find out what's wrong, the more I get fixed. Devil, you think you're destroying me, but you're actually building me. It's where I become proven. The rise means you've stood the test of some things. You went through some rumors and some ridiculing. You went through some embarrassing trials and situations. Your house was foreclosed on. Your husband left you. Your kids don't want to talk to you. You went through some stuff. But guess what God interprets that as? You've been proven for the job. In other words, he says you have experience. You know how to handle the sophistication of a negative person. You know how to handle the tragedy of someone having it out for you for no reason. You understand what it costs you to keep going to work. Even when you know they don't like you, but you know it's your assignment. You have been proven. In other words, you've been validated and you've been fulfilled. Let's wrap this up. Listen, I think, listen, think of all of your falls. Think of all of your failures and assess where you are right now. Are you in the fall? Or are you after the fall? Or are you in the rise? You listen, listen to me. Listen to me, Cynthia. You may already have the strength you need to get back into action. In other words, you've been down. You've already fallen and you're crying, talking about you need change. The change has already happened. You could be laying there asking God for more of what he's already given you. Lord, give me the strength. I came to tell you that at the point that you sinned, he was already pumping strength into you. Your order is up. God is waiting for you to pick up the plate. Have you been to the community diner and they hit the bell, ding, ding, ding? Your order is up. God says you're laying in bed waiting and the food is on the counter. It's getting cold. Me and Joy say when we cooking dinner, we say I'm plating. Plating means get to your spot. Why do we say that? Because I don't want you to get there and the food be cold. God is saying plating your action is ready for you. Your job is waiting on you. Your relationship is waiting for you. It's ready for you. Plating, God is saying, I want you to act while it's hot. What they say, strike while it's hot. In other words, do something while you have the energy to do it. You are on the rise. Again, the only thing lacking in your progress is you not moving. Take that potential energy. Somebody right now, take what's been deposited in you, stored up in you. God says right now, you already have the energy you need. I am sounding the reverie. I'm sounding the alarm and I'm yelling as your pastor, charge. I'm yelling out to you over here, charge. I'm saying, get your bag, honey. You are ready ready already. You have rested long enough. It's time to move. Your recovery is over. You don't need another therapy session. God never lets you go down without a plan 
time frame to get you back up. You are not down without a plan to rise. Look at the NBA players. When the NBA player gets hurt, their first stage is, oh, Steve Curry is out indefinitely. But you move from indefinitely to probable. Oh, Steph Curry is probable. Oh, maybe a few more weeks. I'm telling you, you've been through the indefinite. You've been through the profitable. uh, probable. And then they say, oh, game time decision. Game time decision. LeBron's on game time decision. AD's on game time decision. In other words, it will so we'll know right up to the point of the game. And then guess what? When they list the starting lineup, there's Steph Curry been starting tonight at point guard. Why? Because I've gone through the indefinite. I've gone through the probable. I've gone through the game time decision. Now it's time to play. Come on. Oh, come on. LeBron, who is now the second time, the second highest leading scorer in all of the NBA. It's time to play. I came to tell some of you, it's time to play. Get off your shenanigans. Get off your falarkey. Get off your bootamus and get going. It is action. Game time decision. Your coach is talking to you. I came to tell you God is ready to put you in the game. Your cast has been off for years, Lawanda. You have finished therapy a long time ago. It's time for something different. How long will you mourn over Moses' death, Joshua? I told you to go in and take the land. It's time for something different. I'm 50-something years old, and I'm about to do something different. I'm about to change the game. Oh, you too old, PC. You should be settling down. No. I feel like God is calling me to do something estranged, to do something out of my comfort zone, to do something that I've never done before. And guess what? I'm answering the call. Game time decision. Action, PC. Lights, camera. Remember that? I told you that. So God took you through it to get you to something new. So don't ignore the signs. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. I'm scared, Latanya. I'm scared. I'm scared. Don't be scared. The Holy Ghost is with you, Ben. The Holy Ghost is with you, Lou. Don't be afraid of what the enemy is trying to put up against you. God says you will never fall without rising again. I want to talk to some of you older people who know about Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle's sergeant used to say, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. God is saying, move it, move it, move it. (gasps) Let me give you my final thoughts about Jesus. Proverbs 24, 15 through 16 is nothing but a proverb that warns that trying to destroy the righteous is a mistake. He is warning the wicked people, all the haters who are hanging around you, he's telling them, your efforts are futile. While the righteous may be defeated temporarily, ultimately the wicked will be destroyed. The text finally said that the just man gets up after seven times, but he said it's the wicked who fall into mischief. (laughs) The twist and the plot turn is that those who thought that I would die and fail end up dying and fail because without God you cannot please him. And that's why the text said a just man, somebody who trusts God, somebody who's trying to do what's right, somebody who's trying, you ain't got to be perfect, we already said you're going to fall, but doggone it, I said the wrong thing, doggone it try. The righteous recover. We recover from robberies. We recover from attacks. Come on, somebody go with me. We recover from divorces. We recover from foreclosures. We recover from lawsuits. We recover from custody issues. We recover from bouts with drug addiction and alcoholism. We recover from unemployment. We recover from weight gain. We recover from knee surgery. We recover from back and hip surgery. We recover from mental instabilities. The godly recover. Woo, thank you, God. We recover 
from whatever we're going through. It's Daniel 3 and Daniel 6 who give us the instance that the wicked think they got you, but the wicked end up getting got. In Daniel 3, the three Hebrew boys who were thrown in the fire, the Bible says, the Bible says that the guards were standing around trying to gloat and was mad at them for throwing them in. Guess what? Bible says the guards got burnt up. The guards got burnt up, but they came out and they didn't even smell like fire. I'm telling you, here in Daniel 6, when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, it's the wicked who were trying to bust him out. He prays three times a day. He prayed to throw him in the lion's den. God shut the mouth of the lion and God brought Daniel out. And I came to tell you the wicked will never win. The wicked may try, but they will never win. They would never, 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 the wicked will never win. Even in the end times, the wicked will never win. They may look like they're getting glory. They may look like they're getting the best of us, but God is still in charge. The Bible says he will come on his white horse. In glory, he will speak the power of his word. He will destroy the devil. He will put him in the abyss for a thousand years and then he'll throw him in the lake of fire forever. God ain't gonna lose, baby. You keep with God. You stick with him. You're gonna come out of this. So those of you who think you are out because you failed, those of you who think that God can't use you because you messed up, I came to tell you it don't work that way. If you are living right, you will get up from it and keep serving. I can't tell you how many times I felt like, well, you know, I messed up and I sinned. Ain't no church going to want me to preach with them. Ain't nobody going to want me. God ain't going to use. How many times did I say that? You dummy cherry, you failed to read Proverbs 24, 15, and 16. This is not called the rise and fall. It's called the fall and rise. <laughs> I was focusing on the fact that I started out strong and I failed, but I failed to realize the scripture said, after you fell, after you suffered a while, God is preparing a path for you to turn that potential energy into kinetic energy. So what I'm saying to you, don't wait on me to quit. Tell all your friends and family around you who are waiting, don't wait on me to quit. They're waiting on you. Tell them, don't wait on me to quit. Because I will rise again. I'm down for a minute. But I'm getting up from this. You assume the righteous will quit because of many failures. And that's the inference of the text. Because it's seven times. You think, well, it's enough times. Well, hell, I give up. No. It could be 72 times. <laughs> I'm getting up from this. Yes. God will raise you up again. The scripture says, his or her justness, the fact that you are just, the fact that you are living right, trying to do right, that is the reason that your ability is procured to rise again. And I conclude with this example of Job, who was, you know, he was living well. He was living well. The devil turned on him. Took his family, took his kids, took his calf, his cattle, his money. His wife even said, curse him. He went down. But the Bible said Job got double what he lost. I'm telling you, if you fall, you're going to get up. Joseph was the man with the coat of many colors. He was living large. But his brothers threw him in the pit. Potiphar's wife lied on him. He spent time in jail. But he came up being second in command. In Egypt, Samson judged Israel for 20 years, hooked up with Delilah, got busy with her, failed to sin. But God lifted him up and he destroyed the Philistines. 
Moses lived in Egypt, did all the dirt, killed somebody, everything messed up, ran to the backside of the desert and hear God call him from a burning bush. I got work for you to do. <laughs> Peter was rejected. Peter cussed him out. Don't you know Jesus? I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Jesus meets him and says, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. I got work for you to do. And Jesus, the ultimate example. Woo! Thank you, God. He came. He was sitting pretty. He was with God. Came to earth, clothed himself in flesh, fell down, died on the cross, but he rose again for your and my salvation. If it don't get any clearer than that for you, boo, you don't know how to comprehend the text. All of us could use a lesson on how to keep going when things go terribly wrong. Jesus could have hung on that cross and said, Oh man, I'm done. He said, no. <laughs> In three days, puppy, I'm rising again. <laughs> look at your finances and say, look here. In three days, I'm getting up from this broke status. <laughs> look at your whittled body and say, In three days, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to cut down on sugar. I'm going to do better. <laughs> you got to look at your marriage. Honey, I know you're mad at me, but I'm going to get better. We're going to make it. <laughs> Ain't no more divorces happening in here. <laughs> I'm telling you, today's passage is so encouraging. Read the list I gave you every day this week. Shana, put it on the screen. Put it in the comment section. Put it in the comments. Give them that list. You need to read that list. Let that be your holy grail this week. I'm telling you, if you read that, you will know that there is a rise and there is a fall, but there is a rise again. And it is that middle that I want you to become more comfortable with, that middle ground where you are strengthened. You taking Motrin, you taking pills, you on antibiotics, you got to work out, you got to go to therapy every week, go to therapy, boo. But know that God is pumping you with strength. So until next time, I'm PC, and that's all I got. <laughs>